Welcome, everyone, to episode number 14 of the Jack Vegan Podcast. And today we have a very, very, very special guest. Her name is Astrid Naranjo. And I just randomly found out that she's from Venezuela, uh, as am I. So that's pretty cool. A pretty cool coincidence. And she's a part of the of, of the team of Lane Norton. Super excited to have her because uh, I'm a big fan of you guys and I've been following Lane for a while. So really, really excited for this conversation. So Astrid, I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do, your credentials, and then we'll go ahead and dive into today's topic. Do you want the short story or the long story? Uh, you decide. I'll let you pick. Well, I'm going to keep it short because I can get very inspired talking about my story. So um, I studied nutrition and dietetics back in Venezuela. I uh, did my bachelor's for about six years and then, well, it was five and a half, but, you know, Venezuela, it takes a little bit of time sometimes in a public university. So it took a little bit more than what it used to be uh, expected. But then I moved to Australia. I did my master's degree. Um, and once I finished my master's degree, I did some internships in different hospitals. Um, basically, when I finished, I had a combination of different things and different hats I could wear. Uh, I've always wear the coaching and the online dietetics and consultation. So that's how that was always part of my part of my nature and what I was doing. Uh, I also was like teaching like a small nutrition workshops uh, in gyms and things like that back in Venezuela. So when I moved here, uh, that was kind of the things that I wanted to still be able to do or reach some audience would, where that I could teach and talk about science and educate. Uh, so because I wasn't able to do that here, I started, started working a lot on my social media and develop skills to translate evidence and science to easy and practical takeaways that people can understand. And it is the, the best way to understand science in a very easy and, and practical tips so that's what I did as for from this so education point of view. Uh, but I also decided to go through clinical dietetics. I, I, I've always had the passion for nutrition, clinical nutrition. So what I do at the moment is I work as a part-time clinical dietitian okay. in a hospital, uh, as a, in a rehab setting. And sometimes I do casual jobs in like a, an acute hospital setting um, and a mental health uh, ward as well. So I do work as a mental health dietitian, clinical dietitian. And on top of that, I have my online coaching. So I do wow. a little bit of everything. But that's, that's something that I'm really enjoying. And yeah, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm forgetting things, but yeah, that's the book part of it. That's a lot of things that you do. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to know how you get uh, how you get hooked up with with Lane and, and his team and everyone. Um, well, I think when I started doing a lot of that uh, reading research and following uh, a lot of evidence based practitioners, um, I found Alan Aragon. I found quite a few, and with them was Bio Lane. And what I just wanted to connect with them to learn from them. Um, mm -hmm. Somehow I, I sent, I sent me a, a, a DM and I mentioned that um, I was keen to help him out with something or collaborate. So 
I don't know. It was just a random message I just sent with, without expecting anything. But um, and it did happen like a few months later. I think I started working a lot on my infographics and posting a lot on social media. And I think he it presented the opportunity that one of the guys who used to create the infographics. Um, didn't work anymore for them. So he met, reached out to me for to do their, their social posts, social media posts. So uh, I was doing that. For, I did that for about a, a year and a half or two years, the social media post for Holly and for Lane. Mm-hmm. And then I think it all went, I, I, good, I created a really good relationship with them. Uh, then everything I, I didn't I stopped doing that for a while and then a few months ago I, I started working with the Clean Health Fitness Institute as a clinical dietitian for them mm-hmm. um, creating content and marketing and that kind of things uh, I was still connecting a lot with Lane with IG lives and that kind of things and later on uh, I stopped working with Clean Health And they reached out to me again, saying that they had two coaches living and if I was interested in being part of the team. And I was, oh, my God, that's so cool. That would be awesome. So that's how the story went. And yeah, here I am. That's awesome. The power of of social media connected to everyone. So, so freaking cool. Oh, I I love this. Well, today, uh, Astrid, I want to pick your brain on on a topic that's very interesting to me and I'm sure to many people listening and I want to talk about differences between men and women when it comes to dieting for fat loss and this three three two actual topics that I want to talk about first the physiological differences the main ones we don't want to get into like every single difference the main psychological differences and at the end I want to close with the characteristics that you've seen of people that are successful in the fat loss diets both during the diet and after the diet process, which we know is one of the toughest and most tricky parts of dieting because keeping the weight off is, is kind of tricky, as you probably already yep. know. So let's start with yeah. the physiological differences. Um, what are the main things that differentiate men and women when it comes to fat loss? So when it comes to fat loss, the difference, the, the physio- physiological difference are not as huge as we think they are. Um, this, it is mostly, uh, obviously, men are a little bit more leaner. They have more lean body mass than than women. But the main and the most important physiological difference will come to the hormonal difference uh, that women have experienced menstrual cycle um, versus men that they pretty much seem to have a very steady hormonal fluctuation. So if you see a chart with their hormones throughout the month, it's like flat. Whereas women, we have this roller coaster of estrogen and progesterone working and going up and down throughout the month. Uh, so that generates a lot of different metabolic responses. And obviously, uh, it affects the psychological response as well. The, the women, women, how they feel, how they deal with certain periods of their menstrual cycle, um, as well as like when we think about the menstrual cycle by itself is going to affect body weight fluctuations. We, women 
are really obsessed with the scale and if the scale is actually going up when you're dieting it's actually very frustrating for a lot of women and I think for men as well like if they see that something is is off they still get frustrated but not as much as women and we are more prone to get a lot of a bad rap when we see the scale not going there to the direction we're hope, hoping to to see it so I would say that's the main difference between men and women obviously when we start looking at a smaller differences um, men are, are probably likely to be sometimes taller and bigger um, have more mass as I said before than than women and that will just make a slightly slight differences in in BMR but when it comes to actual physiological differences into fat loss there is not much of a difference uh, if we were to separate the menstrual cycle between them if we can just put two uh, two same individuals like let's say twins one being women and one being male and we were able to take away the menstrual cycle they will probably respond very similar to um, a very standardized diet uh, got it protein and calories being equated that would be a fairly even response so do you think it's easier for men to lose body fat and body weight than women? Um, again, it's not, a, it's not an issue that is, 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 is probably the same. It's just a little bit simpler for them because they don't face these challenges with the hormonal fluctuations. And remember, with horm hormones may affect more the aspect of how they feel and how weight fluctuate throughout the month it's not we're not talking about fat loss we're talking about weight loss weight. so weight is going to fluctuate and you probably may see uh that women will face more challenges to see the weight loss happening but if you're in a calorie deficit and you adhere to it consistently regardless of your hormonal fluctuations you will still lose body fat so body fat is not the same as body weight body weight will probably fluctuate, go up and down, and maybe at the end of the month, the differences are not uh, a big deal. But if we look at, at the body fat loss in a period of calorie deficit, if you actually adhere to it like perfectly, you will see the body fat loss exactly as predicted. If you're actually doing everything as it should be, And if you have no metabolic adaptation, you are actually adhering to your diet, um, you, um, you're following everything perfectly. Like when we look at um, the participants in a metabolic ward for us and a study, if everything, every single variable is controlled, you are very likely to lose the fat exactly as predicted by an equation. If so... you can control all the variables, but in free living, That doesn't happen. So it's yeah. much more difficult to actually measure whether it's going to be potentially the same. But if so the, everything is equated, that would be the... So the fluctuations, the day-to-day -day fluctuations are probably then uh, bigger or more likely to happen in women than, than in men. But yeah. the fat loss is still happening in both. Just Correct. one for women is most likely, most, most likely being masked with 
things that are happening in the body, whatever retention, whatever, and they don't see the number on the scale drop, but the actual fat loss is, is occurring. Exactly. But awesome. just very mind that weight loss um, and, and actual body weight is affected for by so many variables on a daily basis that men can still see a, a lot of fluctuations, but not necessarily due to estrogen or progesterone fluctuations, but perhaps uh, from the different, the, the inconsistent type of eating. So like if you sometimes eat uh, more fiber than other days and, or you eat more, uh, more salty foods or things like that, that can still affect your body, your body water and that will still affect your weight fluctuations. Um, so every single thing that may affect your body weight, um, apart from hormones, can still play a role in that um, fluctuations of the weight as well. In a daily fluctuation, yeah, the, the scale is, uh, is tricky, uh, it's tricky. So let's talk about some of the, the psychological differences. I think this is gonna be very interesting that you've seen uh, across male and female clients. Like what, what are the most, or the biggest differences that you've noticed so far in the clients that you've attended? Psychological differences, I think nowadays I'm seeing uh, a, a very even distribution of issues. Uh, I think that is not um, as particular for women than for men. Both seem to be affected by the same issues, uh, such as emotional eating or stress eating, uh, or just dealing dealing with the scale. Um, I have male clients that struggle with binge eating. I have women, uh, female clients that struggle with binge eating or emotional eating as well. And I think the most important part that affects adherence is their personal diet history, dieting history. So how many diets they have attempted in the past, how many times have they failed, um, and the combination of different things that might affect their life at present. For example, stress, life commitments, work, um, just the, the current state of health. All of these things may play a role differently in each person's response or how they, they go about adhering to a dieting phase. So it, is, it, it, has, it has to be very individualized and look very in-depth because when you start looking at everything that goes into a person's life and adherence when it comes to dieting, it is much more than just being in a calorie deficit and exercise more. That's obviously the science. You need to create um, a deficit and increase your energy expenditure to obviously create that energy balance, energy negative a negative balance for creating that fat loss, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only thing that is going to, that you need to pay attention to. There's a lot of nuances yeah. Yeah. and things that come into place that you have to pay attention to if you really want to see this actually happening in both. So the problems are a lot uh, and they're very different. And also like we can include there previous beliefs, um, what do you believe on? What have you been taught in the past? Uh, what are your misconceptions? Or what are the things you think you are right, but perhaps are not right? 
for example, a lot of people think that our good and bad foods, uh, that sugar is bad, that the organic food is the go-to. Uh, and if you don't eat organic, you are not eating healthy, uh, that you can't eat processed food or that you, if you eat a donut, you will get fat uh, straight away or things like that. So these are misconceptions that people believe they're true and that can affect directly their relationship with food and the way they do and go about trying to lose weight. They just pretty much go into an extreme extremes and adopt unsustainable measures because they think that's the right thing to do. But at the end of the day, it doesn't work. It makes it unsustainable and they, they can adhere to the, the diet and they fail. So, yeah. So it sounds like the, the one of the main issues then that you've seen across this is that lack of understanding of, of how to do a proper, a proper diet, right? Without having to go into crazy restrictions and go into extremes and do things that might work for weight loss during the short term, but in the end lead to, to going back to the same yo-yo cycle and going back to the same bad habits that people want to get rid of. So if someone is listening to this and they, they, they feel identified, what, what are some of the resources they could, they could read, maybe a books or maybe, I don't know, a YouTube channel that they can check out so they can start learning more about how energy balance works and how dieting works and how to do it properly without going into these extremes that affect so many people? The main, the main resources I, I've seen that they summarize pretty well how to lose fat and keep it off forever uh, is one of the books that Lane Norton uh, has written, uh, Fat Loss Forever. I think it is pretty simple and very well summarized on uh, what metabolic adaptation is, why crash dieting is not the right strategy to lose weight. Um, it goes into uh, how to really approach and design a fat loss phase, uh, how much grams of protein you need per, per kilogram of body weight, uh, how to calculate your calories, what sort of approach is best and what are the behaviors uh, you need to pay attention to once you lose a weight, it's not over. It's actually the most important time to pay attention to and not fall into the, the thinking that once it's over, I'm just going back to what I used to do before. Because then if you don't have all these habits and behaviors in place, once you lose a weight and you don't continue to implement them uh, as you go, you are more likely and more prone to regain the weight you lost and probably double or more because of the state, your metabolic rate and every part of your hormones uh, at that point in time. And that obviously is going to vary and depend on how much weight you lost uh, in the first place and how long were you in a calorie deficit for. But um, in the book part, if we're looking at someone who lost a lot of weight and became very lean, you will see this person is going to be at higher risk of regaining weight back if they lose completely control. And they are much likely to lose control because hormone dysregulations at that point in time is quite significant. We see leptin and hormone levels like ghrelin being a, playing a big role, your thyroid hormone, all of these actually take a big role in 
controlling appetite and hunger, cravings, um, affecting the sleep and metabolic rate. So if they are a little bit off, they can trigger your, your body's response to once food is available. And if you, you give yourself free, free way to go all in, uh, yeah. once you finish your diet, you can pretty much regain the, the weight you lost. And I actually posted something yesterday about it. There is no, people think that we have a weight loss problem and it actually is not. We don't have a weight loss problem. We have a weight regain issue. We don't, we don't know. We can lose the weight. There's no issue about that. The issue is how to keep it off and how to, what sort of strategies, behaviors, habits we need to implement on a daily basis forever after you've lost the weight to keep the weight off and change your body fat set point and maintain a leaner physique just because you understood that there is no an actual diet you follow it's more a specific lifestyle and there are behaviors and things you need to be doing consistently to see your body changing so lifestyle has to change your habits have to change uh, especially the ones that were leading you to gain weight uh, in the first place and one of the things that seems to be overlooked uh, on, on their mind sometimes is the mindset aspect, the relationship with food, and the, the emotional eating, mindless eating, that kind of thing seems to don't, people don't think to be very much aware of that sometimes. And that's the first place where people tend to lose it, that they, well, they had a, a, a an issue with someone, they feel conflicted, they have frustration, they are, ang they are angry. And the first thing that comes to their mind is, I'm just going to escape from this using food as a coping mechanism. So that is when things might go a little bit over yeah. the, uh, yeah. all over the place and off. So there's a lot of nuances, there's a lot of things to talk about, but that's pretty much it. That's that's such an interesting topic, and yes, uh, I totally totally agree with you. People just embark, most people just embark on, on diets, and they think it's just yeah, I'm gonna lose this weight for a short period of time, and then they just want to go back to the same things they were doing before they started the diet. And surprisingly, they get the same outcome they had before they started the diet, which is regaining the body weight. So, the, the last thing that I wanna that I wanna ask is you is you know you you work with a lot of people, you're surrounded with very smart people as well. You're you're very smart, you're very educated. Um, what are the like top three to five characteristics that you've seen that successful dieters so people that lose the weight and keep it off forever implementing their lives or changing their lives to be able to do do it successfully well th there are quite a few um one of those is like there's no big secrets to to this it's more how you apply consistency in these behaviors and habits are just um going to talk about so one of those is Obviously, you have to have some self some, a way of self-monitoring. And how you do that is either by tracking, monitoring your weight, um, making sure that keeps you accountable, um, having some somehow uh, intrinsic motivators, like really knowing what your goals are and having recency, uh, low recency as well. Like don't be affected by short-term things, but from longer term things. So just always look at 
what is going to be good for you in the long term rather than being affected by the things that are just very short-lived or short-term. Always looking at regular exercises, regular exercise needs, so your known exercise activities, homogenesis, movement, daily movement, um, is something that is, seems to be very important to maintain your weight after you've lost it. Um, obviously, long-term focus, um, and really looking at self-restraint and cognitive restraint. It's, obviously, you have to have a good relationship with food and allow yourself to eat things that you enjoy, but there is a time for it. So it is kind of applying the 80-20 rule where most of your foods are 80% of the time, 80% of those foods are whole foods, nutritious, nutrient-dense, and 20% of those could be whatever you like. And I call them soul foods. Um, they just feel good to have them every now and then, but it's not something that overrides the quality of your diet as such. So that would I, be kind I of- I have a question. Uh, so yeah. do you usually, when, you're, when you get a client and you're telling them that you're setting up their diet, do you tell them to implement this 80-20 rule when they're dieting for fat loss? I, I pretty much look at two main categories First, before anything else, I look at their, obviously the total calories, which are, which is one of the most important things that is going to drive the fat loss, how much calories and what is the calorie deficit we're creating and protein intake. On top of that, obviously I look at the quality and what of the foods are going to help with hunger management, satiety, and which is the most important thing. At the end of the day, that's why nutrient dense foods are important here to play a role, not just because of the nutrient content and their profi nutrient profile, but you're adding to that the fact that they are more satiating, they have fiber, they more filling, and that is going to help you manage appetite and hunger by the end of the day. And if that is the case, then you're more likely to be more consistent and more adherent to your diet. And at the end of the day, adherence and consistency is what plays uh, the big part of the successful of a diet. The yeah, if you succeed in a diet, it's because you were able to manage appetite and hunger really well, and that didn't put you off, and you were able to stay consistent. So basically, ad adherence is, is trumps everything else. You can have the best diet in the world, but you cannot do it, then it's not the best diet in the world for you. You got to just find something that actually you like, and it actually works for you, and then that's something that I tell a lot of people too. Like, hey, if you like fasting and it works for you and you love it and it helps you adhere to your diet, then do it. But if you hate it and you, and you feel like crap all day, you don't want to do it, then you don't need to fast. You need to understand how energy balance works and then you can implement the strategy that works best for you. Um, exactly. That's what I was actually talking to a client last night. I just said to her, you can have a perfect plan, but if the plan doesn't work for you and it's too hard to adhere to, it's not perfect, at least not for you. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation, Astrid. Um, if someone wants to learn more about what you do, where to find you, uh, how you work with people, where, where can people reach out to you or check you out? Uh, I, you can find me in my Instagram. It's where I'm the most active. I have two social media accounts in Instagram, one in Spanish, 
and one in English. Uh, so if you speak Spanish, uh, you can reach me at tocoach.nutricional. Uh, but if you speak English, you can reach me at anti-diet underscore dietitian or go to my website, astrid-dietitian.com. Uh, or you can look for me in YouTube. I have quite a few videos there. Basically, most of them are educational and interviews with a lot of people that you probably might know or be familiar with. So I guess you might enjoy a lot of these conversations. Yeah, I've checked out some of the interviews you have on your Instagram. They're pretty, pretty cool. You have some, some cool, cool people in there. So definitely, definitely check them out. Um, thank you so much, Astrid. Uh, really, really enjoy this. Hopefully we get to do it again sometime. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate you so your time. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Jack Vegan Podcast. And as always, if you want our help with getting in the best shape of your life, with losing fat, with building muscle and getting fit, you can click on the link in the description and you can book a free consultation. We'll get on the phone with you. We'll see if and how we can help you with your fitness goals. And if we can, we'll let you know about next steps and how we work with people. And if we cannot help you, we'll try to point you in the right direction. That's it for now. Julian here, signing off.